0: In this Perek, ramam addresses mitzvahs 30, 31, and 32, which is not, excuse me, to destroy Avodah Zorah and everything associated with it, not to benefit or have anor from Avodah Zorah or anything associated with it, and not to be- benefit or have anor from any decorations of Avodah Zorah. And the Rambam will continue discussing these mitzvahs in Peric Zion, Perek Ches, and Perek Tes. Halacha Alech, Mitzvah says, is a positive mitzvah, he, la abed aveskechav, to the avedazar, and all of its accessories. Chal nasa beshfil, anything made to be associated with it. Shinem, the Pazik says, Abed, abedun, it's called a you shall surely destroy all those places. Venem, referring to avedazar. Venem, the, the Pazik says also, Rather so shall you do. Lohem to them, it's because says, to Taitzu, you shall smash their altars. Uver, as you now, in the land of Israel, mitzvah litvachre, we have obligation to hunt after it. Ajinabed, ayesam, until we destroy it completely from our land. Of in the outside outside of Eretz we don't have an obligation to, to hunt after it. So there's no obligation for the Jewish kingdom in the times of the tanakh to go conquer a land where the people are worshiping the worshiping in order to destroy the Avodah Rather, a place that we, we do conquer for whatever, for whatever whatever reason. Then you have to go destroy the once you conquer it. The pasuk says, "You shall destroy their names." that place in Israel, you have an obligation to hunt after it you have no obligation to hunt after it in Israel. so the fact that there's a place on earth where Avodizar is being worshipped does not create an obligation for the jewish kingdom to go conquer that place and destroy the zara once however the jews do conquer any any area for whatever reason that creates an obligation to destroy any of which might be present Idols and their accessories. Anything which is offered to it as a sacrifice. Anything made for it. Also, it's all forbidden to derive benefit from. The says, "You shall not bring an abomination, a disgusting thing, into your house," which apparently, means you're not allowed to derive benefit from it whoever has enough, many of the above mentioned things. of it is or its accessories or any of, it, any of its carbonis or uh, anything made for its purpose. Legish time is of malchus on two accounts. Uh, for two, two, two sets of Savi, one for this prohibition we just said of not to bring an abomination to your home and one for the passage which says do not let your hand cleave to anything which has been condemned for destruction which refers to your nadachas. the Ramam applies to all of the Zara and therefore anytime you have enough many of the you have Malkas on two accounts of course most famously is the prohibition of benefiting from wine which has been offered for or is suspe- suspected of being offered for in the case of any, any non Jewish wine, the Rambam will dedicate an entire section section to that in the halachas of forbidden foods. Now, authoritative manuscripts of the Rambam place the word kula after asura. So it's supposed to read, an animal which has been offered to idolatry, asura kula bahano. It is completely forbidden. To derive benefit from all parts of it. <speaking in the city> Even if it's excrement, its bones, its horns, its hooves, its hide, which are all parts that may be permitted to be eaten in theory if the animal was non kosher, but in this case, it's all forbidden to derive any benefit from. therefore The If on the hide there was discernible by a marking, that this hide was was used, in a, uh, was part of a service of a desire either the hide or the animal for example something commonly they would do is they would tear a round they would cut a round hole in the hide opposite the heart and then remove the heart of the animal that's how they would kill it in the service of Avada commonly in certain cults any such hide that has this marking is forbidden to by benefit from any similar example so if you're in someone's house and on the uh, Jew or non-Jew and there's a rug made of a hide of an animal and the part where the heart would be it's a round hole that's that was patched up you can be uh, uh, confident that it was used for a desire and therefore it's forbidden to sit on that mat because sitting on it derives benefit from it (laughs) what is the difference between the idol belonging to a non-jew and the idol belonging to a jew is there a difference the idol belonging to a non-jew is also to benefit from immediately when he performs it shanemar the pasuk says they're shaped gods is information in Fire because possibly once he shapes it and he sculpts it and it becomes a god for him immediately we Yisrael, however the idol belong to a yid ana subhanahu achya when he does not become forbidden until he actually serves it shaman possesses says but shambasso's curse be the person who uh uh cr- makes an idol and places it in the hidden place what does he do in a hidden place Till he does with the idol things that are done in secret which means serving it because presumably a yid would not serve survive in public hopefully therefore we see by a yid it's not considered until he makes it and serves it possibly because when malamed on a yid that when he makes an desire hopefully he does not intend to serve it until until he actually serves it we assume he's going to he, he treat, it as, treat it as a Vedazara as soon as he makes it. Uh, that's regarding the Vedazara itself. So that's the difference between the Yid and the Goy. But the accessories of the Vedazara. Which we will describe at length in later on. And the accessories of the Vedazara. Whether it belongs to a Jew or a non-Jew. Are only forbidden once they're actually used as an accessory for the Vedazara but merely forming it or shaping it does not make it forbidden yet if somebody makes an idol for somebody else even though he's for making the idol as we said in the previous the wages he gets paid he's allowed to keep we don't say that because he benefited from the by making it because he's making a living off it that that money has to be destroyed that's not the case even though he made the idol for a non-jew in which case it becomes forbidden immediately when he makes it for a Jew you could say because it wasn't served yet so the money is not considered as our money in the case when he makes it for a non-Jew when it becomes forbidden as soon as it's made he's still allowed to keep the money because the idol does not become forbidden until it's completed while it's being uh, sculpted it's not forbidden now the final uh, uh, blow of the hammer the final uh, m- moment when he completes the idol shegemra when it's finished, anybody does not have the value of a shavar pruta, which is a minimum minimum amount of, of money to be considered monetary value in Torah. So therefore, all the work he did while the idol was not yet completed is that money is considered uh, uh, money being paid for non of a zara And the final moment of work when he completes the idol, makes it to that doesn't have the value of money. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's insignificant. Therefore, all the money is forbidden. Now, uh, we know... By way of introduction to the next thing that I'm, I'm going to say, that when a person purchases, gives money to someone to purchase something, a even though midiraisa, that creates the creates the acquisition. Now he owns it. The Chacham instituted that does not consider uh, does not consider a uh, the acquisition to have happened. Rather, the halach is is that you only acquire something by doing an action to take hold of the object by by p- picking it up or pulling it in different different mannerisms so uh, regarding a guy when a yid pays a guy money that is considered a complete transaction for a jew however you don't own something until you actually do an action of acquisition and if you did not yet pay for it when you acquire when you do the action the kenyan you now become obligated to pay for it if it's a purchase if it's a gift of course by just picking it up you you you, you own it so if somebody buys me- metal scraps metal bits from a a uh, when he finds pieces of metal that belong to have little idols so now the question is does he have to pay for them he didn't intend to buy those and if he did pay for them can he get a refund or is that considered like he's benefiting from have a can he demand the refund from the guy if he paid for it and did not make an acquisition he did not acquire it by performing an act of acquisition a Kenyan said then he can give it back to the guy even though he paid money for it because he did not make it make a kenyan and the money he gave was in error it was like he did not intend to buy the desired pieces so therefore um he could say that uh that uh, these uh these are the desired pieces are not included in the purchase take them back and uh, give me back the money, or give me other pieces, or other pieces of metal. Similarly, if he made a kenyan, he he acquired the metal, picked up the bottle, the the box of metal objects, but he did not he did not pay for it yet. So in that case as well, even though by making a meshicha, making an acquisition, that uh, that would create an acquisition. Uh, however again it's an error therefore he could say that i'm not paying for these idols take them back so by a non-jew the acquisition acquisition can be made by either through an act of kenyan or through paying for it but in either case uh, is this, this, this example when he made the acquisition and did not pay for it so he's not considered the owner he does not have to pay for it because it was an error and the Goy has to take back the uh, the uh, Avedazara pieces and give him different ones for the same price. And it's not considered like the Yud is benefiting from Avedazara or buying Avedazara or trading Avedazara. Now, what if he paid for it and he did the Meshichah, he did the acquisition. So in that case, because he did both, Yerich and he must take the idols and throw them in the Yamamelech in the Dead Sea where the salt will uh, make them deteriorate, make them... Uh, um, It'll make them rot away any So, road. Uh, so in this case, uh, if he gets a refund for the Avedesora uh, that, that he gives back to the guy, it looks like he's he's benefiting from Avedesora. He's just selling it, making business with it, and therefore it's forbidden. If you have a non-Jew and a, Jew and a convert to Judaism who are biological brothers, and the father, the biological father, who is not Jewish, dies, so now what does the Jewish person do with the idolatrous forbidden things in the possession of his of his father that now he's an heir of? Can he use them? to divide the estate is that considered benefiting the jewish person can tell the non-jewish person is yes, you take a thousand dollars worth of idolatrous material and i'll take a thousand dollars in cash it's not considered like he's bartering you take the forbidden wine i'll take other produce which is permitted correspondingly the However, once they, however acquire everything they split everything 50 50 then he wants to come to him and trade uh he says here take this of and i'll take the money instead let's trade that's also that's forbidden because that's considered bartering and benefiting from of the statues or images have been made by the goyim for decoration those are permitted to, permitted to derive benefit from if you want to you know uh hang your coat on it for example or if, if it comes into your possession you want to sell it that's permitted however those images made from Okay, it's that house, so how do you know which one is for what? Sometimes it's obvious, but not always Not always is it, is it obvious. So the Raman lays down some ground rules. All the images or statues found in the small villages by no are forbidden to derive benefit from. Because they are assumed to be made for avedizara. Since simple villagers are not artistic people, they're just simple-minded peasants. So any statues that are made are there not for decoration, they're not culture, they don't appreciate the arts. They're of for avedizara if they're found in a large city where people are more likely to make it for cultural or artistic purposes if it was at the entrance of the city and in the, in the hand of the statue was a, uh, a rod or a bird again obviously a statue a fake part of the statue was a rod in his hand or a bird a kador, or a globe a or a crown or a ring all things which, are sort of speak demonstrating some sort of dominance that they attribute to David the then we assume it's for a our purposes and you may not derive benefit from it but if it does not have anything anything of that nature then it's just probably a uh, made for aesthetic artistic purpose, purposes and therefore you are allowed to derive benefit from it Halacha Zayin Halacha Zayin creates some contradictions between, uh, between halacha, uh, with Halacha Hay and there's some printing uh, differences between different versions of the Ramah so we'll try to explain it as simply as possible Salme statues. that are possibly idolatrous, possibly not. I'm I'm explaining it that way because the words of word may actually be a printing error, uh, and so regardless of the uh, of that, but it helps us us understand the diamond better this way. Uh, so the images that may or may not be of use that are found cast in the marketplace or among uh, scrap garbage piles These are, they, are, they are permitted to have the benefit from needless to say the broken pieces of such statues are permitted to derive benefit from because we don't know whether or not they were used and even if they were the fact that they are found cast on the on the streets, in the marketplace, or in the, in the in the scrap metal pile, garbage pile. Is a good indication that the non-Jew who worship them nullify them, and therefore, if a guy is mavatla, the zara becomes permitted. Contrast this to halacha he, where we said that when you uh, 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 purchase and make an act with, with purchase with money and make an act of kenyan from a guy you cannot return the Aveda zara you have to throw it into the uh, Yam HaMelach although it would seem also that was that was uh, done it, when you purchased it among a pile of scrap metal, so it also seems that it was nullified over there because you paid for it and made a Kenyan if you keep it, it looks like you actually bought of a on purpose, so we're more machmir. and if you return it to the Goy get a refund, it looks like you're selling over the Zara, so, we're, so we're, more, we're more stringent over there, but essentially if you find it yourself in the garbage pile of metal not you bought it from the Goy, in that case you may, uh, and you're not certain it was used for the Zara, it may not have been used over the Zara, you can, you can say that uh, because it's a svek sveka. It may not be used for in the first place. And if it was, there's a good chance it goes with vatelit, which is why it's lying in the garbage pile. Therefore, you're allowed to benefit from the vatelit. If, however, you find a piece, a hand, or a foot, or a limb of a vatelit, in the, in, the, in the known shapes of a vidzara, in the sense that it reflects the one of the believe believable representations of a mazel or a star, that is forbidden to derive benefit from. Since you know for sure that this hand, this piece, is from a vidzara that was served of a is forbidden. Unless you know for certain, just like we're certain now that this is use of a vidzara, we cannot derive benefit from it. Unless we're certain that it was removed from that category by the of Formally being mavatlit, and that's why it's uh, it's uh, a broken piece lying on the street, rather than the possibility of the guy, for example, accidentally dropped it. In which case, it's still forbidden. If someone who finds vessels and upon them there is the image of the sun, which doesn't mean the sun like you see it in the sky around round, a round ball—and the way it's in pictures. This means the sun, the the, the image of the god they believe the grain believe represented represent, represented this the image of the sun, which is an old man with a crown on his head, or the moon, or the Rukin, or the which is presumably the the image of the Greek god Neptune. Uh, described in some places as a, a, f- a man with uh, fins and scales was like half man half fish <speaking in Hebrew> if they were g- objects of gold or silver of value <speaking in Hebrew> or, or clothing of silk <speaking in Hebrew> or they were engraved on rings or on uh, nose rings assume uh, that they are forbidden because we assume that they are meant for idolatrous representation now Shar kingdom are other kinds of vessels like on a on a, on a pot or a, or a kettle mutar therefore permitted because the assumption is just for decoration the so any other image found in any other vessel if you, you can assume until you know otherwise that it's just for the purpose of decoration and therefore it is permitted it's only the known images from a desire that are assumed to be of a desire but a random picture of a flower, for example, there's no reason to assume it's a vena and masham shea and their accessories, accessories. And everything offered to them, us, I said, are forbidden by the smallest amount, no matter how large the ratio is, if they get confused with other objects. Kaitz, for example we know when for example with milk and meat get mixed together if it's 60 times one against the other it's permitted in the in the case of the Zor, we never say that. <speaking in Hebrew> that have become mixed with images that are just for decoration and you cannot distinguish them they're identical <speaking in Hebrew> even one in many thousands one idol in thousands of random statues that are identical and you cannot distinguish them <speaking in Hebrew> you must throw them all into the dead sea <speaking in Hebrew> if a goblet of idolatry gets mixed in a goblet that's just uh, the many, many goblets that are uh, uh, benign. or a piece of meat for my dollars for sacrifice. It's, like it's mixed in many, many pieces. It must all be thrown into the Dead Sea, no matter what there, no, no matter how many thousands there are in the mixture, the hide that had the heart ripped out. I got mixed up with other hides, and again, it's, it's indistinguishable from one from the other. For example, for the other ones, uh, they were all cut into the same shape, etc. They all become forbidden to derive benefit from. Uh, the Mepharshim explained that that, that, that contrary to logic, it's not permitted to, be permitted to sell, let's say, the thousand cups, minus uh, the uh, value of that one cup and have the other money correspond to the part that's permitted and use it, that's not allowed, in this case. If a person transgression and sold idols, one of the accessories, or one of the sacrifices. The money becomes forbidden to derive benefit from. It also becomes forbidden if it gets involved in a mixture, regardless of the ratio. Like the idol itself, she it never says, lest you become condemned like it so it's like it's meaning that maybe whatever you bring in whatever you derive from idols and from all of its accessories and its sacrifices its offerings it's just like it just like it is forbidden regardless of the ratio if it gets mixed in a larger mixture so too is anything any benefit any monetary benefit you get from it as well so it's all forbidden regardless of the ratio Halach yud Or an idolatrous tree fire that was burned The ash is forbidden To be derived benefit from Which is unique Because generally speaking In terror When something is It's forbidden to derive benefit from Like chametz on Pesach For example Or meat that's been cooked in milk You can burn it And the ash is permitted But since Avedezor Is the quintessential Of all evil So even when it's reduced to ash The evil remains Therefore it's forbidden the coal of the a fire let's say there's a coal burning for the that's forbidden to derive benefit from to light a fire from it or to heat yourself from it warm yourself from it We shall but the actual flame is permitted for example to light to another fire The because the flame itself is not considered to have any substance to it therefore you can't say it's forbidden Nothing for, no, there's nothing for the Isr to latch onto, so to speak. There's no, no presence, no body for it to represent itself. If you have a suffolk, if something is a desire or not, it's Asr. In accordance with the principle that a chumra if a biblical doubt, you have to be stringent. If it's a doubt of a doubt, then it's permitted, then mutter. what's an example? If you have a goblet of but it's some other cases. it falls into a storage of full of many, many cups, and nasurim—they're all forbidden, as we know. and all its accessories, nasurim, mikol chain are forbidden, no matter the, how, how how large the ratio is to the avodah Therefore, any cup you pick up—you pick up from this huge uh, storage of uh, huge supply of, of cups—you have to be worried that that is might be the, that might be the avodah It's all considered one suffik because of the shredness of so that's a case of Suffolk of the Zorah, which is awesome. Now, what if one of those many cups falls out of that mixture? If an the case of Shnayim falls into uh, another group of cups, uh, this is actually supposed to say Shnayim rather than Shnayim, I mean, it fell into another group of cups. They are all permitted because now you have a case of where we say that we don't know if the uh, original cup, into the new mixture or not even if it did fall in who says the cup i'm using is from is that cup which fell in so therefore that's a case of svek a mutter, a doubt of a doubt which is permitted that got mixed in a hundred other rings and two of them not one or another but but two two it has to be two two fell the to the uh, dead sea or the Mediterranean Sea, rather, and they got lost. It's not enough to say it fell out of the mixture and got lost. It has to actually fall into the Mediterranean Sea. Huter they all become permitted. Um, you know, as it has to be they got lost. It's not, it's not enough that they got separated. That's the point. They fell, fell into the Mediterranean Sea, and no one's going to be able to use it. So those two now are lost. Hutu, Kulon, they all are permitted. Because I say, that that one of a our ring was part of the mixture of two. Since there's two, it increases the chances that, of, of it being there. And uh, the other rings now are, are permitted. Again, the same principle being that uh, perhaps the tabas was in the mixture which fell out. And even if it was not, who says the tabas I'm picking up is that original of a ring. And therefore, it's a case of Sveika Mutur. What if the ring gets mixed in 100 other rings? And these 100 rings now, of course, are forbidden. But then the, the group of 100 rings gets divided, and 40 of them, meaning less than half, are, are now separated from the other, which is 60, which is more than half, of course. So the two separate groups now the Nafla, and the 40, which is the minority. Get mixed in with other rings. Am does not give a number. Let's say it's, for example, forty more rings. Now you have a total of eighty in the second in the other group. Kula are all permitted. because I can suge- suggest, because that one ring of Vidazar that was also, but if he was remained in the original, uh, the, the the larger uh, group of sixty, and therefore since chances are that's where it is, then we say it's in the group of sixty, and even if in the unlikely uh, in the scenario that it's in the group of forty who says, it's the one I'm picking up now, and therefore, if that group of 40, even though the original 100, 100 uh, taboys are all permitted, c- considered usur, if 40 of them fall into another group of, let's say, another 40, for example, those 80 become permitted by sex sveka. If it does not uh, fall into another group, see, so all you have is one suffolk once the, the ring falls into 100, we say all 100 are asafik. Are That's the a, a idea of Avedizar's Cholshu. But once you have two separate groups, and 40 of them fall to, let's say, another 40, so now we say that if it's that if it may, it's probably in the original group of, it, it's probably in the with, remaining with the uh, 60 rings. And even if you want to say it fell into the 40, who says the one I'm picking up now, now that it got mixed into a whole other group of 40, then it's all mutter. What if those 60 fall to another group of uh, another group of uh, rings, let's say 60 other rings now you have a, another group of 120 all forbidden because once you have one ring that falls to a group of 100 all of them are considered a, a, a suffolk if they are the Avedizara ring and they're all forbidden and the fact that uh, the group is divided into 40 and 60 does not impact the original 60 there are 60 that was part of the original 100 they remain in their status of usr and all those rings are in a state of Sofid, Rais, even if they fall into another group uh, um, it's not considered a sex Sveika because we have no reason to assume the possibility of the original ring leaving that group since they're the majority, we don't assume it was in the other four that got separated. So now when the other 60 join the group, they merely join the original group and they're all considered part of the same suffolk and the ring is anywhere within this 120 and therefore they're all our user because of suffolk of Idazar with al whether <speaking> <middle> <tree> it was actually worshipped as an idol, whether the idol was just placed under it as an attra- uh, and the tree was an attraction for people to come and worship it, also, it's forbidden to sit, or probably stand for that matter, as well, in the shade of the trunk of the tree. However, it is permitted to sit in the shade of the branches and the leaves of the tree. Uh, the Mefarshim questioned the Ramam's differentiation between the trunk and the branches or leaves they should all be forbidden because you can't derive benefit from the Zorah the Farshim explained whether the Ramam's source is based on on a certain uh, Yerushalmi if a person has an alternative route also you're not allowed to pass under the Asherah if there's no alternative route it's impossible to get to where he has to go except past the Asherah then, then he can pass under it when he is running this may be the source of the previous Abba's uh, 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 insistence that one not pass under the overhang in front of a theater because of the impurity uh, it should be noted that um Uh, this is also relevant to walking in the shade of a church on a hot summer day the chicks which are nesting in the tree they do not require their mother because they're able to fly and they're permitted to derive benefit from they're not considered an extension of the tree they're just there however the chicks and eggs which do require the mother obviously eggs cannot fly As soon as forbidden because the Asherah the idolatrous tree is like a base for them and therefore they are considered an extension of it The actual nest itself is permitted to derive benefit from it The bird brings the the twigs with which it makes the nest from other places it's not considered part of the Asherah tree and it's not from the Asherah tree it just happens to be located there presently if someone takes wood from the asheret tree, that wood is forbidden to derive benefit from. If someone used that wood to heat up an oven, he must cool the oven down completely. Then fire up again with new wood, other wood, is permitted. and then he may, only then may he bake with it. And what if he baked bread in the oven without cooling it down? That bread is forbidden to derive benefit from because it was derived from benefit from oven of the because you use the wood from that share the tree and that bread is forbidden not only to eat but even to derive benefit from you can't even sell it or give it to your animal the about is if that bread gets mixed into other loaves of bread then in that case we don't say all the bread is forbidden as we did by the ring or the goblets in the previous halachas rather the money of that loaf those loaves of bread you baked in that oven that time should be thrown into the uh in the, in the yama melach. it's not sufficient to, to to give the money away you have to actually throw it into the dead sea um uh, or, 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 sorry or destroy it in another way you don't have the benefit from the bread the other let's say it was 10 loaves of bread that you baked in the oven from uh, sheir wood and it fell into 90 other loaves you have 100 loaves now the money of those 10 loaves is just thrown into the Yama Melech. the rest of it's permitted this is unlike the case with the ring of the goblets because that's actual Avodah Zarah material here it's just bread that was baked from Avodah Zarah therefore we we have leniency that you can eat the bread or derive benefit from it as long as the money of that uh, that that bread that was baked from Asherah wood is is uh, is destroyed. That's considered like not benefiting from it. Halachiyud Dal is very similar to Halachiyud Gimel. Not all of my he took from, he took from the Asherah tree a shuttle, or rather he took a piece of wood to make us, sh- he uses a shuttle. This is not referred to a space shuttle. This means a piece of wood that's used in the weaving process. So, and he weaved a garment with it. Asherah the garment is forbidden to derive benefit from because it's, it's considered to be from Avedazara. That'd be considered a deriving benefit from the Asherah. And this what if that garment gets mixed in other garments? Now you have 20 shirts, you don't know which one was weaved woven from the uh, uh, weaving loom that used the uh, asherah tree branch as a shuttle then that the money of that garment goes into the into the uh, uh the dead sea the other garments are, for, are permitted unlike the goblet again where the all goblets are forbidden because the, the, the shirt itself the garment was not actually a Zara material. It was just created from something which derived benefit from a deshorer. Therefore, the garments are all permitted, provided that you throw the money of that one garment, wherever it is, into the Dead Sea. <laughs> okay. He's allowed to plant vegetables under the sh- under the tree, whether it's in the summertime, when they need the shade, or the wintertime, when the shade is unnecessary. Why is it permitted to plant the uh, vegetables under the shade of an asheret tree in the summertime? If you now derive benefit from the zara. Because the shade the shade of the asheret tree is also which is forbidden in makaka with the ground. Which is which is permitted, are causing the vegetables to grow. Whenever you have two things together, one forbidden, one permitted, which causes something to happen, then it's considered to be permitted. Raman says now, anytime you have a permitted thing and a forbidden thing, whenever you have a forbidden thing and a permitted thing causing something to happen, it's always permitted. Therefore, Another example, you have a field that was fertilized with the fertilizer of Havedazara and uh, can, can you plant in the field now? So you are allowed to plant in the field because again, you have the ground which is not forbidden and the fertilizer which is forbidden both together causing the, fruit, the, the seeds to grow. A cow which is fattened with the veg, the, the uh, animal f- food. Of a to the cow may be eaten if it's shechlet correctly and similarly because again, the cow is raised on various foods, some forbidden, some permitted They're Therefore, the cow is permitted to offer before the idol do not yet become forbidden in even though they've already been brought into the temple of the idol until it's actually offered as an offering in front of the idol to offer in front of the idol becomes an offering for the idol and even though you take it out again they are too late they are also forever and ever this is only because so when you don't have you and you have not yet offered it to the idol yet you know it's, it's not yet an offering therefore it's permitted however anything found in the temple of the idol I feel even water and salt which are simple things also is forbidden to drive in from because we assume that it is an offering to the idol unless you know explicitly otherwise as we said in the beginning, beginning of the halacha. if somebody eats the smallest amount of it even if it's a tiny drop he's high of Malchus normally in the Torah, when someone is high for eating something forbidden has to be a kazais to be high of malchus although the smallest amount is forbidden but here even the tiniest amount is high of lashes hello if someone finds garments or vessels or money on the head of a of an idol its placed there apparently in the way of to to scorn it they are permitted because they are not considered to be accessories to the idol they're put there to scorn the idol if they're in an honorable fashion they're forbidden because they're considered accessories how could you know if he finds a purse hanging on the neck of the idol garment, folded and placed on its head a vessel a bowl for example turned upside down on its head these objects are permitted because these are placed in a manner of scorn similarly all these examples we could tell it was placed there not to compliment the idol but to to make fun of the idol. However, if you find on the head of the idol anything which can be offered on the mezbeach in the a piece of an animal that's offered in the Besamekdash, from a cow, sheep, or goat, as opposed to, say, a deer, or water or salt, uh, flour from barley or wheat, or anything of that nature, also it's forbidden because since it's offered in the Besamekdash on, on the Mizbeach, we can have to be concerned that it was used to uh, offer to the idol as well, even though it's placed there on a, in, a, in, a, in a derisive manner. But when do we differentiate between when it's placed there and whether in a manner of scorn or a manner of honor? If it's found outside the usual place of worship, so not inside the temple. If it's, if it's inside in the temple, if it's in a manner, whether it's in a manner of what appears to be honorable or not honorable. Bamdova Haril Mizbeh, Bendova Shariel Mizbeh, whether it's fit for the Mizbeh or not, call him Osir. Anything found inside is awesome a feel of even water and salt, we assume it's all been brought into the temple to to offer the evidence order the of which was which was worshipped by defecating in front of it. The Markulius, which was worshipped by throwing stones at it. Kolim anything found by them. anything found near them, or excuse me, anything found yet near them or far from them is always always Aser whether it's considered to to be uh, appearing appearing to be placed there in a way of honor or, or dishonor, because since the way you offer the worship these the is by by scorning them, what appears to be scorn, meaning defecating in front of them and throwing stones was that them so we don't differentiate so therefore even things that are placed there in a manner of scorn can, are possibly used uh, 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 by the person to to serve them they were put there to serve them uh the, <laughs> the stones of Malaculius that are found near at heaven a stone which appears to be near it close enough that it was for the purpose of worship it's asubana. if it's considered far away then it is permitted The arm does not give a specific distance uh the Mafarshim argue whether it's uh, one arm or four ammas that had a garden or a bathhouse so for example a church that has a garden or a bathhouse associated with the church (laughs) then you allow allowed to benefit from it provided that you do not have to show appreciation to the avidah zara or as some of the versions of the namam here uh, read To its priest You don't have to show Appreciation to the priest, priest. <speaking in> However <Hebrew> you do not You may not Derive benefit From the garden Or the bathhouse If you do have to show Benefit or appreciation To the Or perhaps even To its priest <speaking in Hebrew> If it belongs To the And to another private entity So it was jointly Owned by the church And by another company <speaking in Hebrew> no, You may derive benefit From the bathhouse Or the garden uh, Even if you do have to show Recognition or appreciation you know, Saying thank you For example To the uh, uh, priest, uh, but uh, not to the Vedazar itself. Oh, well, Vajra, you didn't keep the a provided you don't actually pay a fee to use them because then you're actually giving money to the Vedazar, that's definitely forbidden in all circumstances. Halachin <laughs> Khazmarcha <laughs> <laughs> in a bathhouse that has an idol in it, mutloch it's but one may bathe in it, not of the because meant over there for 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 decoration, not to serve it. Shanemar <laughs> <It> says, Eli Hahem, they're gods. <laughs> when they can treat them as deities, not when they Scorn them by making them decorations for places where people are naked. If, for example, this in this case with the idol where it stands over the sewage pipe, everyone urinates in front of it. If, of course, that was the way to normally serve it, then also the kohen is forbidden to enter the bathhouse, not just to the bathe there, even to enter is forbidden. A knife of idolatry. We're talking about a case where it was kasher or it's new so it's not an issue of kashrus. Shachet, by you shachet an animal with the knife, the animal is permitted. Because you're essentially depreciating the animal, you're ruining it, because the animal is more valuable alive. By shacheting it, you're making it less valuable. So it's not considered like deriving benefit from the from Zohar, even though you want to eat the meat, but that's not considered deriving benefit because you're de- decreasing the animal's value. If the animal is in danger of dying, if it dies naturally, then you cannot eat the meat. So by shacheting it, you are saving, saving yourself from that loss. Then the cow is forbidden, because use of a dessert to improve the animal, that's considered deriving benefit from uh, uh, accessory of a dessert by making the animal by shechting the animal, saving it from becoming uh, novella So you're not allowed to chop meat with it. Pesach is again you are considered deriving benefit, and you're enhancing the value and deriving benefit from the dezara. If you cut the meat up in the way of destructive destruction which makes it less valuable than it was otherwise so small pieces for example very small pieces which are less valuable less attractive and you'll only use them to cooking in a pot for example so then mutter then you're allowed to drive a benefit from that, that meat because you're not considered like you're having enough of a disorder because you're again the cockle you're depreciating the value